And we are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Back home smoking legal. I got more slaps than the Beatles. What's up, Kansas City? shit running on diesel, dawg. Playing with my name, that shit is lethal, dawg. Don Corleone. Trust me, at the top it isn't lonely. Everybody acting like they know me, dawg. Don't just say it now, you gotta show me. You gotta show me. Bring the clip back empty. Yeah, asked to see the ball, so they sent me, dawg. That's right. You broke off with that 10 piece, dawg. There ain't nothing, I'm just being friendly, dawg. It is officially Kansas City Beer Festival season. We wanted to do a cool episode where we kick off. The beer festival season i'll be at a few of them this year and so for this episode we had rodney beagle from beagle brewing and he just had his spring fling beer festival karen white from casey renfest and they're doing kegs and eggs kegs and eggs is a tremendous festival and you'll hear all about it on this episode Jordan Millam, the craft and imports manager at Central States Beverage, is on this episode, along with my man Aaron Robeson from Central States Beverage as well. And Gary Briggs, my man Gary, the Schlafly beer rep, is on this episode. So we have a great group of guests on this episode, and you're going to definitely want to hear. Again, Beer festival season is underway, and what better way to kick things off than to talk to the folks that organize and participate in beer festivals in Kansas City coming up this spring and all through the summer, baby. April 27th, this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be at Parkville, Parkville Brew Festival, and I'm going to be pouring for Dogfish Head. Come out and join us. They're going to have another tremendous lineup. It's one of the biggest beer festivals in Kansas City area, and you're not going to want to miss it. Again, holler at your boy at the Dogfish Head booth, and there's going to be a ton of local homebrewers as well as the pros, and so it's just one of the coolest times you can have. At the same time, April 27th, Kegs and Eggs, the adult Easter egg hunt. You can drink some beers and participate in an Easter egg hunt where you get some really cool beer swag, and it's an awesome time. It's a very festive, fun event, and you'll hear all the details in this upcoming episode of the Kansas City Social Hour. So without anything further, let's get into the podcast, and I will catch you on the flip side. And we are live. That's live for us anyways. You're locked into the Kansas City Social. We're here live at the Boulevard uh, Tap Room, Tours and Tap Room, Boulevard Beer Hall. The beer Hall. Yeah. I always get confused because their social media wants to call it uh, Tours and Taps. Tours and Recreation. Tours and Recreation, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tours and Recreation. It's also that, though. I mean, this is yeah. so many things. And it can also be more. Well, it's a little bit of a bummer, though, is the last time I was here, I had Duvel on draft. And so I ordered it again, thinking it was going to be on draft. And I got this. It's kind of a gangster-looking can. A really awesome can. I'm a huge gangster. That is smooth, man. I've never seen it in a can before. But but it's a pretty gangster-ass can, though, man. Gold, Belgian gold. So we're here. um, I guess the best thing we should do is uh, right now you can only see Rodney and I. That's good. (laughs) 
<laughs> but there's other people with us, man. There we go. We got it. Are you in there? I'm in there. The sweet, yeah, sweet rotation <laughs> for the nation. You need like a lazy Susan, man. I'm going to end up fucking up the the whole shit, man. <laughs> yeah, no, just I, just I connect the podcast at. trying to show everybody. It's fine where it's at. So, nah, and, we're, and so we've got literally uh, six people right now. And uh, so we only have four mics, but we're going to be rotating we're gonna be talking to a few people. So for right now, you know, I'm obviously I'm always here. I'm Ruben Ortiz, and then I'll let my guests introduce themselves. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Rodney Beagle, of formerly of Colony Handcrafted Ales, uh, but now Rodney Beagle of Beagle Brewing, uh, Kansas City's Gypsy Brewer, if you AKA will. Hey, the Gypsy Brewer. Yes, I brew a lot of beer, but I do not have a brewery to brew it at. And, so, and we'll I, get into that for folks that don't know what we're talking about when we call him the Gypsy Brewer. Like, we'll talk a little bit about all the shit that Rodney's got going on, man. I didn't know you had a shirt. That is an awesome, awesome is shirt. Awesome. This is one of one. Oh, I love it. I got to you remember when uh, Adam and Britt invited me to the very first Arts and Crafts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was pouring it my homebrew alongside the other guys. And that's what kind of gave me the boost to start brewing commercially. Story yeah. unlike any other. One of one, that's right cool. here. That's cool. And I'm Karen White. I am the food, beverage, and site director at the Kansas City Renaissance Festival. Here to tell you about Kegs and Eggs, our beer festival. Did you say awesome. Karen? It's Karen. It is Karen. Karen, right on, perfect. And then, last but certainly not least, <laughs> it's me. Are you on there? Can it's you see me. yourself? I, it's, it's very much. It's, much it's all me. him. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, all this is great. Uh, I'm, I'm Aaron. I'm with Central States, and I have not seen Reuben in forever. I know. Gosh, it's, it's like been a whole hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been like we haven't uh, drank a case of beer with each other in a uh, while. Yeah. Well, I guess round two. I'm. I'm definitely. Uh, I used to hang a lot better, bro. Don't no. Don't don't even feel bad. I <laughs> believe me. I've felt it. As soon as you message me the next morning, like, oh, social hour hits hard. Like, you don't gotta tell me. Oh, for I sure. know. We try this beer seven percent. We try to drink a case of it. Drinks like a four. So, it's what beer was it? Santa Fe Social Hour. The Social Hour. Yeah, Santa yeah. Fe yeah. Social Hour. Uh, I recommend it. Just not a whole case. Did you have to work the next day? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And hold the mic a little closer because it's so it's so loud in here. Did you have to work the next day? Yes, absolutely. I did. My apologies. I oh, I know. A, I'm a professional, Karen. Of course, I work the next day. Of course, you did, Aaron. Yeah. Why, why did I even ask that? What kind of question? <laughs> and of course, when you're like, when I was my younger self, would have just been at work, no problem. But it, it was, it's kind of brutality at, at my age. I'm, I'm 40 years old now, 42. Yeah, 42. It's, it's not easy, bro. Oh, hit it's not easy at all. And then cry to me. <laughs> it's it's brutality, man. <laughs> So, the subject today that we wanted to talk about, because it's, well, it was beautiful weather. I wore shorts today because it was kind of nice this morning. It got cold as fuck all of a sudden. Oh, it did. It did. Like I'm it wearing did. a coat. What, what happened, I brought, bro? I brought my coat out today. I had a tank top on, and I was like, I need to wear long sleeves, bro. I am kind of pitting out, though, right now in the, in the, in the beer hall, um, since I still have my coat on. <laughs> so, I might take it off here in a minute. Yeah, nah, yeah it's a little warmer in here. There's so many people in the beer hall right now. Uh, I think there's some kind of a retirement uh, pro thing going on. Plus, uh, we're doing this podcast, of course, 
this would be the time that I'd pick yeah. to do it. All right. <laughs> it's somebody from Cerner, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So half of Kansas City's here. Yeah. It usually exactly. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if there is an event going on, it's usually Cerner people. We love you guys. So with the nice weather in Kansas City comes uh, most people's favorite time of year is the, the beer festival season, right? Yeah. Amen. So we got a ton of beer festivals. My man just had his beer festival. Yeah, last Saturday. Shout out to Spring Fling. Spring Fling. 2019 we yeah. did we did a lot of things i know man so uh and then uh we got kegs and eggs coming up april 27th so we we just wanted to do an episode and talk to the people that kind of organize and 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 do these beer festivals and just get some of their perspective on it and then uh it's too bad we can't invite people <laughs> to sprinkling but for next year right you're gonna it's be okay yeah every every single year we've gotten a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger so yeah, if you missed it the first three years, there's always next year. Yep. Right on, man. You know, what, uh, one of the questions that, that I have for you guys, like right off as I was thinking about it, is a lot of these beer, uh, festivals are kind of promoted as a way to introduce people to new beers. And I've had like a mixed bag on that. Like uh, some people feel like it doesn't really promote the beers that much. And then some people feel like it does. So I was just curious from your guys' perspective, like, does it function that way in, in that most beer festivals, uh, are they, you know, putting the beer in a good light? And uh, is that the showcase or, or is it a good promotional tool for uh, beers? I say absolutely. Every time I send a contract to a brewery to come out, I ask them for four new beers. I want to get their new beers out there. I also try to reach out to the smaller breweries and you get them to come out. I, I like to stay local. I love to stay local. Um, and bring them out because we do have the Renaissance Festival. So we try to draw that large crowd to our beer festivals. But I even, I prefer local, but we're very fortunate to have Central States that also brings in breweries and they bring their new beers and their new breweries as well. So it's all about new beer. It's all about exploring new beer. And it's all about getting local breweries noticed, seen, just like our event wants to be noticed and seen, we want huge attendance. So I will help him get noticed. He helps me get noticed. We all win. His brewery wins or her, whatever he's brewing. And I think uh, promoting each other, beer people are kind of like a family. I think we work as a family in a unit. So I say, yes, we do promote Local breweries, new breweries, new beers. That is our sole focus. Awesome. We would say you, Rodney. Uh, you know, and it's it's uh, interesting from your perspective because, you know, like in your sprinkling, you guys had a lot of uh, uh, brewers that don't have a brewery yet, right? They're, they're, uh, home, they're home brewers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, from their perspective, do they see a value in introducing people to their beers? Yeah, so let me kind of tell you about the, the lineage of, of my festival. It, I run it in conjunction with the North Kansas City Rotary Club to raise money for the North Kansas City uh, scholarship funds and stuff like that. Um, but the lineage, the way it happens, this year we had our third annual fest last Saturday. The very first year it was 100% homebrewers. We had uh, almost 30 homebreweries. Um, and almost 60 beers, I think it was that year. My idea to, to for the very next year 
was to take all of the homebrewers that have that had gone pro or that had plans on going pro that were like building out a new brewery and we added a new feature called gone pro row so these oh, that's cool man. We're, we're even talking about people that were serving there the first year as home breweries uh coming back at a year two as at gone pro row and they've actually they have a brick and mortar now uh they're building out or their their beer is flowing um and fast forward to year three uh the gone pro row had uh six different breweries that had either opened in the last year or are building out right now and about to about to open soon uh so our sole focus is to give motivation to some of Kansas City's top home breweries to see the guys at Gone Pro Row and then dream to be in their shoes next year or in a few years. So that's cool, man. So that's like, that's a cool idea that uh, like a brewer like Rodney would have, right? He's like, not only is he trying to introduce people to new beers, also trying to inspire brewers by other people's accomplishments that's that's like a interesting way of looking at it man i mean that's really cool you know what i mean yeah it's a because the fest is held at iWorks, which is a it's a co-op like a another term for a business co-op is an incubator i took that and put it into the fest i'm incubating home breweries to become pro breweries at Uh, my festival that's yeah. badass, man. That's and then just, they can come to my festival. And then, boom. <laughs> and then they'll sign on with Aaron, and then they'll be over here with you. I love See? it. This, I it's love just, it. it's synergy, you guys. I get it. Can I get a high five? All right. That actually kind of tied into, like, one of the things I was most interested about with Spring Fling was, you know, you get this great idea, this really cool concept of, I came from this, other people are coming from this in this area, I want to start a beer festival centered around this. Yep. How do you what's step one exactly you know and and that yeah, i works i can't say i've been there yet it's at i works okay. um they spared no expense uh it's at a right on burlington in between uh 14th and 15th i believe okay and um there's a garage doors that open up directly onto burlington there in north kansas city um but inside they have a gigantic event space uh with an upstairs bar area for all their employees. And um, if you go back in the back, it's kind of a big loop around of a pathway. And then on each side of your, your path along the entire route, you have different businesses, different locally incubated businesses that call that their home. So rather than having their own standalone building somewhere, they're all under one roof, roof as, a, as a co-op. Are there people like legit trying to work when you're holding this beer festival, there was in the morning time. <laughs> yeah, but they, <laughs> they ended up. They ended up <laughs> no, they ended up coming and drinking. So it was nice, a win-win nice, for everybody. Yeah. So I have a question. With sure. it being that small and the way you started it off, how did you advertise? You couldn't have a lot of dollars to advertise and get it out there and get these local breweries. That had to be huge for you. I mean, I struggle sometimes getting it out there because they think we're just Kansas City Renaissance Festival. You started literally from nothing. So you had to have some great ideas for it to get bigger and bigger every year in three years. I did. Um, one, of the, one of the cool things, and we, we spoke about this earlier, was how we're a family in this kind of, yeah. kind of endeavor, in this industry. Uh, when you have a purpose 
that has to do with bettering the craft beer of Kansas City, you would be amazed of how many people jump on and want to want to volunteer or help or or input give their input or volunteer you know anything it, that is wonderful it also uh he he's being a little modest so it also takes somebody as active as rodney Dude, is. i was gonna say the same thing it, i mean I, yeah. it sounds like yeah well the beer community but not just anybody could like spark up the beer community yeah. to do shit everyone's gonna you know well not everyone but a lot of people are gonna run out and support rodney because He's at Crane. He's at Big Rib. He he uh, running all the different beers at Colony, just putting out tons of beer all the time, uh, answering questions for people online, talking about beers, posting shit, doing videos. I mean, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's a, a a personality within the beer. Just just like uh, the beer community is a family. Yeah. Uh, there's some members that take more prominent roles, and then some people that like to be. You know a little bit quieter and that's there's Absolutely. there's all types uh he's a great ambassador for the craft beer community the the home brewing community and craft beer in general thanks ruben oh no yeah, yeah. Lot, man i can uh, tell that totally legit but Thank i kind of wish i could cross to the missouri side because yeah. <laughs> yeah. my laws are a little bit different than yours sure no that's understandable so I, there is that struggle, but I go out there and do that. So I appreciate all you do. I, hey, thank you. I feel like Karen. I could jump online right now on Facebook, and I don't. I don't need to be. I don't need to be on the camera. Right? <laughs> no, I want <laughs> you to be. Though. Okay. We want you to be. Aaron. <laughs> so it's just me. Yeah, just that's me. okay. That's okay. fine. Well, okay. So what I was gonna say though is like. I guarantee you, out of the first look at yourself, bro. Look at yourself. Feet, I can't do it. Out of the first, luckily, there's this massive glare right behind me. Oh, never mind. Then is it fucking it up? All right. Out what of, are you saying? Out of the first ten posts, I guarantee, if I jump on my Facebook app right now, eight of them are probably Rodney <laughs> talking about something, promoting something. And honestly, before today, I didn't know a cotton candy pale ale was something I needed in my life. <laughs> but I do. Cotton I feel like I need to candy. Go to <laughs> so, I have yeah. heard of that one, and I'm not. I'm not in. You know, distributing. And uh, you didn't no. hear that one? No. I Rodney's got one at Fringe. Yes. yes. I need to go check yeah. it out. So, I mean, I guess now's a good time to talk about your gypsy brewing. Can I answer her question really, really fast, though? Oh, shit. I didn't know she had one. What yeah, sorry. Question? What was the question? Your question was, what kind of advertising did I did starting from scratch and, and building from nothing? Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Amen, amen, amen. That's it. I didn't spend a dollar the first year. Um, convinced them to let me spend a little bit of money the second year, and we probably doubled that, but it was all in Facebook. Do you believe and, there is too many posting and oversaturation? Uh, with one event or yeah, with one event? Yeah, I, I do. do. Okay. You can you can annoy people. They'll block. They'll block. You know. You got you got to be tasteful. Fear. Yeah, I, and, that was my fear. Yeah, and uh, everything that I've been hearing about it, like uh, most of like the growth for this podcast is organic through Facebook. Yeah. Uh, uh I don't worry about oversaturation as far as like facebook goes i i uh right now everything that all the indications are that it's an undervalued thing like right now uh if for instance we wanted to really blow up this uh particular podcast i could run an ad for like 200 bucks say which is uh a lot of money but it's not shit compared to like what businesses spend on say a tv ad we would get more traction i believe off of spending that two hundred dollars on Facebook than we would if we spent, you know, 
a thousand dollars on trying to run a television ad and targeting and then you're able to target those it's very effective i think it's an undervalued thing so and it's so cheap right now like yeah. gee, i said two hundred dollars imagine uh, most television budgets for a commercial 10 grand and up right and imagine oh, a yeah. 10 grand ad oh, i've never yeah. ran even nothing remotely similar to a ten thousand dollar ad if i did I'd probably have like double the viewers, uh, double the follows, all that I, shit. Maybe I'm I should. with you. No. I'm with you because a lot it's of not people, a waste of money. A lot of people cut out commercials on their TV. They they yeah. they can oh, pause, sure. fast forward sure. through them, whatever on Facebook. We we that is our main source of advertising. And I just worry that I don't want to over advertise. I want other. I, you know, I really don't think that that's even a possibility right now, given. Given the environment that we're in, uh, do, you know, even even stuff like this, even even stuff like live videos, I guarantee you, in five years' time, you're going to have to pay money to go live on Facebook. I mean, that's the way this whole thing is trending. Let's and, give it ten, please. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, five is being modest on I that. Know, and there's a lot right. of cool platforms. Like, there's other social media outlets, and everybody kind of like shits on Facebook because it's like, you know, it's like. Uh, because your mom is on there. Like, my mom is on. You know what I mean? That's true. That's very true, right? But everybody's fucking on Facebook. Whether we like it or not, the majority of people are on Facebook. We're, we're on Facebook Live right now, right? So as much as people say, ah, oh, it's like not, it's like there's still a shit ton of things going on on Facebook, right? And then they have acquired Instagram. You're able to double down on the post. The other popular uh, platform is is YouTube. That's another yeah, popular very one. Popular. But yeah, you can't discount uh, the power of uh, advertising on on Facebook, in my opinion. And if I had an advertisement budget, I wouldn't even go to the radio station. I wouldn't even go to the television station. I would do all social media. Are there any comments right now on the Facebook live feed? Yeah. Uh, are they? Are any of them saying you're about to lose your wallet from your pocket? It, am I? <laughs> <laughs> you know what man where's nate when there's there's people that comment on this shit and it doesn't come up until after i because right now it's just showing me people that oh, have no, joined dude, i remember like two nights ago yeah nate, nate dropped like 30 comments yeah we saw none we didn't of them see until, him after. until after yeah. you go on your oh, phone really? at the yeah. same time He's and read they're sending me screenshots of like so you know what pesto <laughs> fuck facebook stuff. man yeah. it is wet. <laughs> it is <a> wet. <laughs> yeah spend your money on tv <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right now, no, they're gonna start uh, charging us tomorrow for that comment, right? No, I well, you know, they're right now the monetizing is in uh, their ad revenue, so like people are running ads and shit. And you can target who you run those ads to, too, yeah, which is more specific than television. My target audience, that's, according to that's Facebook, the best part about it. Is, it is uh 18 to 24 year old women. No, I'm just kidding. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. No. You're lucky. I tried. They, for some reason, no. It's like, uh, it's 38 to 44-year-old uh, men. Yeah. yeah. Really? For I'm sure. almost in that category. <laughs> I'll say this was not established before I agreed to come on <laughs> with the 18 to 21. I would just like to say in three years, what we're talking about is going to be really good for you, but not before. I'm, right. I'm really strong on the... the the young female demo. I mean, I am. This is but. Snapchat, right? <laughs> no, I'm not, man. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, oh, all right. We're talking a little bit. So what are some of the, the, the obstacles that people don't really typically think about? I think I've asked you this before on running a festival where you're like, people don't even think about this shit. They think, oh, I'm just going to run a festival. What are some of the things or the pitfalls they would probably run into not knowing what it actually entails? 
very first thing I would say is that you only have one chance to make that first impression Amen. for your very first fest. Yeah. We're you, five years in. I agree with that. You, you can you could live or die by that very first year, um, and you get it. You get out of it what you put into it. Yeah, and you have to put your whole heart into it, or you're not going to get anything back. Because since craft beer is very popular in this area, you're I'm competing with Parkville Brewfest. Yeah, of course. I think that we're Kansas and we have an Easter egg hunt and we'll have more fun. But you go up against so many, <laughs> so many more festivals. Like we're at but you're going up against Parkville Brewfest, and they are Kansas City's original Brewfest. So. Yes, but I still think we can pull it off. But you, being <laughs> on the other side of the state line, have a completely different demographic than they do. Yes, we do, and it, and and we have different challenges, different liquor laws, but. I, when I say that, I won't say go against. We're no, family. Sure. That was the wrong word. Sure, sure. I, I support them. I hope they succeed. They had flooding. They had to move. Mm -hmm. I don't have those obstacles. I have obstacles that people just think we're the Renaissance Festival. It, it will be interesting to see how Parkville adjusts to the flooding. And from all indications, they're going to try their best to. Um, they've looked at alternate locations that are really close nearby. I don't know if volunteers whatever it is that they're saying that rain or shine this shit is going to be executed i know when we first started talking about the planning of this fest uh one of the things i said to jim peterson and the team at Renfest was well i guess we're going to find out real quick in 2019 if kansas city can support two beer festivals at the same time yeah I, and yeah. you know they're two different animals man as they far are. as like 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 kegs and eggs for me is like i've been to both so i can speak on this as just a a, a participant nice, What's that now? Be nice then. No, no, I love I love kegs. Well, for first of all, I'm a beer swag person. Like I love beer swag. And he knows it. I mean, I I get I gotta have all the shirts, I gotta have all the stickers when I go to the festival. And like for me, kegs and eggs has like that little competitive piece to it, like where I gotta run and get all the eggs and shit. And then it's like the nice little reward, you know, of that and then plus the beer. So I think like it's a totally different experience. Uh, plus the beginning of it, people are like super stoked at the at the starting line. The you know, people are drinking. Oh man, that experience is so freaky. From yeah, and they got one, DJs yeah. and yeah. shit. Yeah. And it's it's a cool. It's it's it, it's uh. I think it's almost like a a completely different vibe than what Parkville is like because you guys have a more. Um, you might even skew a little bit younger in in your demographic for the your festival. I agree. I agree. And, and uh, the more established craft beer drinker people, they might opt more for the Parkville type stuff. But that younger, uh, hipper, partier crowd might uh, lend itself more to a, a Easter egg hunt with beer swag. Even though both of them have excellent beer, you know I, what agree I mean, with I just you. feel like that makes sense. So I, it may work. We're, and like you said, we're going to see, dude. but they are catering to two different audiences. In my opinion, you just brought back like some beer fest PTSD for me. Like the first year, <laughs> first year we did kegs and oh, eggs. Yeah. I, I, I remember the gates opening up and seeing the people just full it's wild speed running. And I'm like thinking that I didn't, I didn't realize that there was an egg hunt too. I just showed up for beer fest. I'm like, what the hell? They're running for all day IPA. This is crazy. <laughs> it irks me a little bit because I think you can, you can, there's a strategy to kegs and eggs, okay? 
And I didn't know it at first. But I went the wrong direction. I still did well. Yeah. I don't I don't get it twisted. I did well. Yeah. I would do a ton better at this event. Because like I've already established my strategy and shit. Yeah. But that being said, I won't be attending Kings. <laughs> oh well, thanks. I, well, I know. I, I know, wish I was. I Ruben will. I wish I was. You'll be working at Parkville. Yeah, You're I'm working at Parkville. Otherwise, I would 100% be at Kegs and Eggs because I was last year. So last, we, last. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. And we've changed up the strategy. You know, like you said, you find out what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Our egg turn in is entirely different. So. But I get where you say there's a younger crowd, but man, these guys are competitive. You know, it's, oh, I got pretty. If, I was stretching out and shit. If they don't get an egg, the world comes to the end. Oh, there's people. You got to be really. I, I'm sorry if you don't get an egg. Well, there's fuck one. Fuck you, in, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. At least you got there's, all that beer to cope with. Terrible. Right. Yeah. Terrible if you don't get an egg. First of all, what's in the eggs? Prizes. Numbers like these, like money. Little, yeah, you could get money. You could get like a grill. Dude, I brought a dogfish head record player out. Yes, there, so that's nice. Nah, give cards. Yeah. Uh, also, you got a, a Everybody player? gets an egg this year. Damn We're it. putting eggs in the bag to start with. So no, no. no, no. Let me allow oh, me to clarify that, Ruben. See, that's I didn't. I didn't. That's uh, that's uh, like modern day. Like that's like participation. Not, yeah, that's a that's the if that egg don't count. <laughs> So I'm gonna come out and say it. The egg that they give you at the beginning does not count. If you so if you're a real G, you throw it in the trash. I got Yeah. Oh, you don't uh, know what's in it. Don't, <laughs> just do, that. Right, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I gotta add don't one to edit in there. I, I I personally did not win a record player. We're bringing out a record player to it's give it to oh, yeah. So you know, along the, right, that's a great subject. I'm glad you mentioned that. So we got a Dogfish Head record player. Shout out to Dogfish Head. That's who I'll be playing for at Parkville. Shout out to Nate Sellergren. What Nate, up, dog? Nate will be out at Kegs and Eggs. Yes, he will. See, Nate's fucking making me work Parkville so that he could be chilling over there at uh, <laughs> Kegs he's, and Eggs. The truth just came Nate, out. Nate's going to be running for that record player. That's what he's going to find that egg on. Yes. Nate, how dare you? No, Nate, he's kidding. going to. So he, what are some of the prizes? Fun. Oh, shit. Or can you even say? At- you I can't can, say? I can say, but you, I'm not going to say. You can come out. Well, you can give us a couple of little tasters. <laughs> on a scale on a scale from 1 to 10, how awesome are they? You just said there's a record player. We've got yeah. a laptop. In a, hey, she upped the record player. Oh, laptop. Wait, what? She upped the record player. Yeah, we got a laptop. <laughs> Aaron, you got to find a better prize, dude. Not, not to mention... Up to $3,500 in cash. Wow. So, see, oh, I, okay. I got all these eggs and stuff, and I was certain that I was going to get, like, the, the smoker or whatever. You get a keychain, right? Trader. Yeah, I got – it was a pretty pimp keychain, though. It was a Tito's keychain. <laughs> at least you didn't get I did get a Tito's stick. keychain. That's so funny you said that. <laughs> it's it like just a, fun to watch people. I would – you know, if it was me, if I didn't get an egg, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I'm out there to have fun and to drink. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. All right. We are now at the halfway point, so we're gonna we're gonna rotate. You guys can still stick around because yeah. after the hour's over, we might just do overtime. We're drinking beer, overtime. Man. I'm here. But any final thoughts that you guys have, or anything you want to say? Well, you know, I might be me right back, but yeah. final thoughts for now. This segment, um, real quick on the topic that we were just discussing, we could just talk about this very very fast. Last year, your guys' fest was on April seventh, correct? Yes. 
my beer fest last year was on April 7th. Oh, so and you we know. Succeeded. And we both succeeded. And we this are better than the year. We are better than the year before. Yes. Oh, right. Oh, man. This I is agree. a perfect example of beer family. Beer family. Uh, we had no beef. We didn't talk. We didn't. It was just you guys do your thing. We do ours. Maybe we shouldn't talk next year and help each other out. And she gave I you. Think a we already are right now. We're already <laughs> talking. So. She's going to give you a participation egg. Oh. <laughs> that he's going to chuck, and it could be a thousand dollars. No, I wouldn't do that. Of course, there's a participation egg. Okay, Jesus, right on. If there is a way for me to be in two places at once, three places at once, then I would definitely do that. Right on, oh, man. Cheers, Cheers brother. Thank you. Karen, yep. Thank you. Nice Karen. meeting you. Nice meeting Thanks, you, Aaron. Thank you, Thank you, you guys. Absolutely. Switch next. No, I'm just. Hey, uh, I think that went pretty good. Aaron, what do you think, man? Oh, absolutely. I just got really optimistic about this whole upcoming Dueling Beer Festival thing. Yeah. Knowing that last year was virtually the same thing. And it worked out. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, it did work out, man. Are you leaving, Karen? It was great meeting you. Thank you so much. Yep. Shout out, Kegs and Eggs. Now. All right. So, you already want me to show you again on no, camera? No, no, no. Oh, okay. You're just going to get a glare. You don't so, need me. So, now Come we on, got. Aaron, uh, I'll, I'll let you guys. Uh, introduce yourself, starting with my Schlafly guy. What's going on? I've actually, we did a podcast, and I, I fucked up the audio on it. I apologize for that, because it was a good one. <laughs> we did a <laughs> we did a podcast at, um, what's that, uh, in Olathe, the, the bowling alley? Pinstripes. What? Pinstripes. Yeah, we did like a beer dinner with you guys, and I fucked up the audio on it. I'm sorry, man. That sucks. We're not going to mess up this one, though. So uh, just introduce yourself and what you're doing. Uh, my name is Gary Briggs. I work for the Schlafly Brewery. I've been with them for about 13 years now. And i um, excited to be on your podcast talking about beer festivals. Awesome, man. I, I want to hear about the beer festivals and also would love to hear uh, what Schlafly's got going on lately, man. Right on. And last but not least. Oh, how's it going? Good, good. And what, did so, we coordinate this shit or what, bro? <laughs> We almost have. No, we didn't, but we got the memo up here. <laughs> yeah, right. Even uh, beige. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're like wearing uh, the same uniform, man. But what's up, bro? I'm I'm just having a good time drinking some beer here. Did you say your name? I'm Jordan Milam with Central States Beverage. Right on, man. I this whole thing has to come with a disclaimer, by the way. What is these that? two have spent the last thirty minutes on this couch talking yeah, to each other? They went to the bathroom at the same time, <laughs> so <laughs> everything that's about to be said is should be taken Scripted. with a grain of salt and is not true. Scripted. Way to make it awkward. Right yeah. yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you guys were you guys able to make out anything that we were talking about, or does it just sound like pure dog shit? Words, I can even barely word, hear. I could not make out any of the right. operating <laughs> words there. Make out. So, <laughs> can you guys make out? I cannot yeah. comprehend any of it here, and I'm not good at lip reading either. So you help a lot with the the festivals and shit, right? Your festivals, do you? Yeah, I used to be a lot more involved than I okay. do than I am now. Uh, actually, I have somebody that helps me out a lot. Brett Jones um, kind of has taken the lead on on uh, executing the the beer fest uh, from the Central States perspective. So. Um, but I, I do have a lot of insight. I know what, what's going on. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and I had asked this question to the uh, people earlier, uh, the guests, that we, Rodney and Karen earlier, was uh, you guys, uh, these, these beer festivals are often advertised as a way to promote the beers, right? It's like a, you know, somewhat of a marketing aspect to it to introduce people to these beers, uh, get people 
excited about maybe trying something and buying it? Do you guys feel like it's an effective marketing tool or is it, or is it not that? And I'll ask the same question. Yeah. So bottom line, bottom line about uh, beer fest is um, they're supposed to be a lot of fun. I think they are a lot of fun for the for the people, the customers, the people that buy the tickets. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've never actually been on that side of the, the beer fest, um, but I can see that people are having a good time. You've never just went to go attend I've a beer I've never actually just gone to a beer fest, because per- you do purchased so many a ticket, and uh, gone to one. So Holy it's, shit. Not, it's not necessarily that it's, like, uh, it's something that I wouldn't want to do. I would, for sure. Um, but I've always been on the on the other side of the, the table as far as a beer fest is concerned and uh, always had some sort of responsibility in, in, in helping to make it go off without any uh, uh, problems. So. so is it that uh, the reason why... So let me, let me finish my... So oh, to yeah, answer your first question, um, is, it, is it a valuable uh, marketing piece? Um, yes, I think it could be. Um, in a lot of ways, I think it is, especially for a lot of the, the startup breweries or the, the new local brew pubs that have just, uh, you know, just trying to get their name out there and get people through their doors. Um, I wish that there was uh, some sort of way for us to be able to track from a distributor standpoint, you know, um, that there is an increased rate of sale on certain breweries from, you know, beer fest um, and, and uh, people sampling beers there, but there just simply isn't. Um, we're out there every single day just trying to promote our brands, whether there's a beer fest in the area or not. A fairly common question at the beer fest is, I really like this beer. Where can I get it? Um, which, you know, Gary and, and the other supplier reps are always more than happy to, to give them um, those answers based on where they're located in the city. Um, but I, I can't say that I ever see an increase in sales based on... Uh, the timing of a beer fest. Wow. Gary, what do you say, man? Do you think it's uh, beneficial from a marketing standpoint for Schlafly or to be part of these beer festivals? Well, certainly, especially nowadays with so many new breweries coming, you sort of sometimes have to remind people that you're still there and you're still making new stuff and you want them to kind of see what you got hot and what's you know moving. Uh, and you also got to highlight some of your year-round beers again so they don't forget about them. So I think from from the marketing standpoint, you definitely need to do the beer festivals. Um, but I'll agree with Jordan in the sense that it's hard to get a measurable click out of what's happening at a beer festival. Is, is it really translating? Um, I think in the early days, for me, when I first started working for Schlafly, our pumpkin ale was so big. Well, it wasn't so big. We, you know, we, The first year we made it, so it's a fantastic beer, by the way. Right. So it was 200 barrels the first year we made it. We made 6,600 barrels last year. So you do the math in your head of how many cases that translates to. It's a really big deal. Of course, now, you know, pumpkin nails are super saturated, but we still sort of leave that market. But I'm telling you that when I did beer festivals with that beer, it definitely translated. Um, but I mean, with so many breweries now, I, I don't know. I don't know if it translates to sales on the shelf, but I'll keep doing them because I enjoy them. And, and, and I know, you know, I like seeing familiar faces, and, and I think it's still good to keep us relevant. Yeah, I think the bottom line is we're going to continue doing beer fest. One, because of fun, 
too, because there's really good sampling opportunity for for breweries. Um, but also, even 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 though you know people like Gary and I have a job to do whenever we're at Beer Fest, we're still having fun. I mean, it's it's not all work on those days. You know, we work hard, but the, there's a little bit of play too. Is that why you don't um, attend uh, by uh, or like just go to attend a beer festival because you're just involved so much with your job that it's like, you know? It's, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm there anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, unless I was going to go to like uh, Great uh, Taste of the Midwest, Great Taste of the Midwest up in, uh, what is that, in Wisconsin. I mean, that's, that's one that everybody talks about across yeah. the country. I mean, if I ever had the opportunity to go there, yeah, I'd go do that. Um, there's some other. I've been to. Okay, that's not fair. I have been to some beer fest um, as, <laughs> a, as say, a patron. GABF. I went to GABF a couple. Oh, times. okay, yeah. Um, but that is an experience unlike any beer fest in Kansas City has been able to provide so far. <laughs> and not to knock on any. No, beer yeah. Fest well, in KC, yeah. That thing, that or thing any is beer nuts. fest ever, right? It's, it's Breweries like are spending thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars just on their um their set like their 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 stage presence wow yeah it's incredible what they do out there that's badass uh gary do you attend beer festivals on off time or are you just strictly because of your job you just like just attend the ones that you uh, are participating in well so kind of the same as jordan Anytime there's a beer festival in Missouri, I'm at it. Yeah. Already working. Well, I mean, it's not fair to say Missouri because I only I have the whole state minus St. Louis, and then I have uh, Arkansas and Kansas. So generally, if there's a beer fest in those areas, I'm either at it or somebody else is at it because I'm at another. Or maybe that week I'm, I'm at a, one of my kids' games or something. Maybe I miss it. Uh, but I've been to GABF, uh, well, technically once, but I was there for three days. Uh, I've been to the Oregon's Brewery Festival probably four or five times, so I attended that one. Um, but, I mean, in a way, I attend the festivals that I'm working, too, especially if I have help. You know, We take turns. You know, If it's not super busy, I'm going to walk away and go sample some beers. You know, and, and I think that's one of the benefits of being one of the guys there. You can kind of walk behind. You don't have to stand in line. <laughs> so that's what's great about being one of the brewers. It's, it makes it more fun that way. And uh, you mentioned uh, pumpkin ale that you guys made is fantastic awesome beer high abv but tastes like uh uh yeah i know it it, it's it creeps up on you right you don't you don't really taste that high alcohol level it's got like a really nice sweetness a creaminess on the mouthfeel that just it's an amazing beer that you guys are doing right there uh what uh are some of the new shit that you guys got going on that's uh exciting well so right now hitting the market isn't necessarily new stuff but our new seasonal, the seasonals okay. for the time being are raspberry heffy. Yeah. And then our coconut cream ale, which is in that same series with pumpkin. Uh-huh. So it's it's a wheat ale. Coconut cream. Yeah, I, I don't think I've even had that one from have you had it? Yeah, yeah. it was at most intense. You worked out for it. Did you not sample it, Ruben? They, they, oh, that's right. Oh, I wasn't at that there. one. Yeah, I wasn't at oh, that one. I was, that was like, how the I totally fuck did I not that. taste that? Yeah, one. I set you up for that. That was me. That was yeah. my bad. So, so he lies. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit stronger. It's got some lactose in it, and then it's got pineapple as well. We don't sort of wow. mention that on the labeling, but it's you know it's really it's, it's delicious. It's like a pina colada action going on right there, bro. You also have the rye IPA coming out. Yeah, here so quick. we've taken our uh, IPA series that we've made, 
uh, the Tasmanian IPA, which we're most yeah. known for. That's we super popular, man. People, that does well, right? Yes, that's our best-selling IPA. It's our most yeah. recognized. I always see people excited about it when it comes out, man. Yeah, I, I think outside of St. Louis, the beer we're most recognized for is pumpkin, and then yeah. second, it would be Tasmanian. Wow, IPA. okay. Um, but so we do a rotating series, and the current one that's hitting the market now is Rye IPA. And it's uh, and we're doing it in a 16 ounce can now, which is a complete uh, package change for us in that category. It's a four pack 16 ounce, so we've got a lot of new packaging coming out. Hope give us a little bit of a refresh in the in the stores, and hopefully everybody likes it. <laughs> the uh, you guys are doing uh, you guys the Imperial Stout. Are, is that still? I haven't seen it lately. Are you guys still doing those? So we moved that to what we call the Ibex series. And it comes in a four-pack, uh, eleven-ounce bottles. Oh, so so I, it's not in that. How long has that been going on? This is the second year, so okay. it's only been two years. Um, so currently, actually, Central States is sitting on about a little bit of the Imperial Coffee Stout, which is the same beer with coffee added to it. That's my, by far one of my favorite beers that we make. Uh, so that should be hitting the market here pretty soon. Do you have a, a bourbon barrel stout? Yes. Yeah. So that's what I was saying is. The coffee that we have in inventory oh. now is the same beer with coffee added that you were Dude, um, one of the best aging beers on the market is your uh, barrel-aged Imperial Stout. Man, I've, I've had it. Uh, it's it, it develops like kind of a, a, a toffee flavor to it. A, a fucking amazing underrated beer. I, th- I, I wish folks were more excited about it, but uh, I'll, I'll say it right now, man. One of my favorite beers, and... I didn't realize that it was in four packs now, but uh, is that, are you guys, uh, those are sold in Kansas as well? Yes. Okay, yeah. gosh, I, I just haven't seen it. I guess I was looking for that big bottle. Yeah, I mean, you're going to find it at, you know, at the Lucas and Gomers of the world. Okay. Uh, occasionally a few Hy-Vees. Um, it, it's more, di- we make so little of it, it's actually directed at our top tier accounts. And so a lot of times they'll only get a case or two cases. Oh, okay. So and then it's, it's gone pretty quick. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's it's it is a beer that doesn't stick around on the shelf for very long. Right. So the one thing that you have to understand. No wonder I haven't seen that shit. <laughs> it's Ruben. It's also all the more reason to buy it in Missouri. I know, right? Fair, fair point. <laughs> but I, I so I got to make more trips to Missouri. I just I've looked. I see Shafley on the shelf. I just never see the. Bur- I was like, did they get rid of the bourbon barrel aged stout, which you could sit on for. For years, a couple and and it's fucking amazing, man. And and tasting the difference of it, yeah. one of my favorite imperial stouts. Yeah, just chewy, good, dark black. Just yeah, uh, and I love that toffee that comes from it, man. Is it makes it a little bit more unique than some of the other stouts that I've had, man. So I think to your point a little bit ago about the imperial stout from Schlafly being a, a really good ageable beer. Um, Gangster. We we actually prefer for it not to age on the shelf yeah. in retail. <laughs> okay. So that so with the uh, with uh, the slowing of large format bottles, uh, those not being as popular anymore, um, you know, as far as retail purchases, the four pack or even six packs, um, those are those are much more viable options, and they're still ageable. Um, packages for people to yeah. age in their basement as opposed to on the retail shelf. So not only is the package change a really, really good thing um, for consumers and for Schlafly um, and the retailer, but it's also a really good thing for um, the, the the product. So, you know, we get it out quick. The other thing is the stores can now single them out. So 
instead of trying to get 16 17 bucks for that four pack they can put it on a single shelf for four bucks or whatever and, and people will buy it that way i'm i'm definitely going to go seek it out man i'm going to have to get that one and then, then the coconut uh the wheat coconut wheat shit that well, sounds amazing gary says that we have some in our warehouse so i'll make sure to let it, you know where we it hit the that. warehouse today so okay, oh cool. it just came there you go shout bro. out you heard it here first man We'll get the uh, coconut wheat. Was it? What is it actually it's called? Called coconut cream ale. Coconut cream, creamy coconut ale, man. That sounds awesome, man. Right on. And uh, dude, it's so good. It mixes so well post workout at events that you never go to because you only show up at one or two workout events a year. I know, and I, I and I love it too. Here. It's my favorite. Robo is such yeah. a jock. Yeah. Oh man, it's awesome though. That is I'm an awesome event. I'm a little sore about it. Are, is that going on this year? Not yet. No? I'm working on it. Okay, gosh. What, what's, uh, what's the problem? Uh, you know, changeover in management from a certain fitness place. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get something. Uh, you can have all the coconut cream ales you want. Yeah, definitely. Once I get something put together. Yeah. I miss a lot of uh, some of my, my favorite ones, man. But that one would have been a badass one for That's sure. Good. Good. I feel another email coming from Aaron. <laughs> hey, so I need a favor. <laughs> Do you want to come and watch people work out? <laughs> no. George, 24 hours. I didn't even give George. See if you find somebody else first. <laughs> I didn't give Jordan a chance the first year. Jordan just showed up and worked out. And I killed it. He did. He really did. Did you kill it, bro? Dude. <laughs> Can you see he that? really did. Yeah. No. He did. Yeah, no, I believe. Yeah. Uh, do you do you work out and stuff or what? It's kind of a new thing. Nice, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've actually uh, been I, pretty good the last few weeks. I like hearing when uh, people in beer uh, get uh, do shit like that, man. Dude, it's, and now it's, it's absolutely all the a must, right? It's absolutely a must. So, what they got? Hey, uh, old sport or what is it? So, <laughs> I, are, are we getting comments? What's blue? We probably. Uh, Nate just said Jordan M is an amazing guest. And is there hey, another? Is there another Jordan on the on podcast? There. Ooh, and Gary, great group of folks. I love watching your shows, Mijo. That's like my aunt. <laughs> we need to get <laughs> Nate on here. Shout out to my aunt. Time. We do. We get some really good ideas together. Nate says burpees drinking. and beer. Ah, so we are yeah. actually getting comments. Yeah, now. like he's texting me the Should comments because we? we're not responding quick enough. I guess. So, my bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. So now we got him. Um, dude, what? Uh, oh, we were just talking about like. Uh, the working out aspect of it it's like all the rage now to have like these sporty beers which are, what is boulevard shit is actually called sport right easy sport easy, easy sport, sport he, i was saying old sport oh i forgot you gotta say it with a tone like old sport did. like yeah, you uh easy well, you don't have to like it's the just, great gatsby thought, and yeah, shit it was, it was depends required. on the context wow. what, uh what was it again easy sport easy sport that sounds like so yeah. like you know like great gatsby-ish and shit like Wait, oh, you said old sports. sports. Yeah, old sports. Oh, yeah. Or it, sport. al it also sounds like this to me. Uh, you know how colognes, like you always have like polo, and then they always do the sport version. So it's like polo cologne, polo sport. So there's easy. And so it's like boulevard, boulevard sport. <laughs> Dude, uh, sorry, man. I'm kind of ragging on the sport. No, oh, but okay. So I, It's I, kind of funny to me. I, I want to bring it back to the beer festival thing for a second because <laughs> I, I came back in after my beer break to something Gary said yeah. that like really, really resonated with me. Like my first ever beer festival was I think six or seven years ago was Parkville. 
and nobody really tells you how to prepare for these things. And coming from Springfield, my biggest beer fest was like a big old sampling that Macadoodles did one time. Uh, that was it. And then you go from that to Parkville, and you may have been talking about GABF, which I can definitely see you being a benefit, but when you're working it, you get to go behind the lines, behind the pours, and oh man, I was so screwed. That got me into so much trouble. Yes. Uh, yeah, wish I'd have known to uh, take it easy sport. Oh yeah, that's that one of the beer fest. funnest aspects of it. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, once you're immersed in the beer community like you guys are, that you know, uh, people bring special beers that they have like kind of behind the line. Yeah. Or if yeah. there's a big ass line on a certain brewer, you could kind of circumvent the line because you bring in beers and there's a lot of that. Yeah, it's cool, man. I, I, yeah, that that aspect of it is pretty badass. Uh, I wanted to touch upon something uh, because like lately, uh, I remember like when I first got into craft beer, uh, the the uh, and we're about 10 minutes out, but uh, uh, the beer section was rather small, right? I mean, it was it was big, but it's not what it is now, right? So, like, competitively, like, how crazy, uh, you know, and then we have, well, just Alma Mater, we're uh, just, their opening is right now. So there's a brewer that just opened up down from the street, and it seems like every day there's a new brewer that's opening up, right? So... You know, how has the market changed, like, recently, uh, um, and what, what kind of things are, are, are the, you know, more flag... I'm a fan of a lot of the older flagship uh, guys that were there from the beginning. Uh, I'm a fan of Santa Fe. We talked about that. Really love Schlafly, love Boulevard. But, you know, what are some of the things that they're doing to uh, compete in this environment that seems, like, constantly changing? So really good uh, topic because i was just reading uh, a little bit of uh, trade mag this morning um on this topic uh beer business daily if you guys are familiar um they were talking about the number of breweries which is going this way compared to the growth of on average of breweries which is absolutely going that way so wow. the larger brewery i mean it's it was exact mirror image and, of each other and they're also seeing an uptick in like spirits and and wine yeah. right so i mean that's got a kind of so here's the thing i mean i think it's easy to place blame on things that are showing success um but i think as the craft industry evolves and grows we kind of need to look internally and figure out what we're doing incorrectly it's not wrong for more breweries to open, brew pubs to be successful, and for local beer to be uh, the prominent um, uh, thing in a, in a locale. But if each individual brewery actually focused on a brand and building a brand, as opposed to trying to come out with every uh, possible new thing on a weekly, monthly basis, then there would be more room on the shelves. Then it would be easy f for the consumer to go out and, and make their pick. It's not it's not necessarily wrong for for uh, craft breweries to, you know, uh, I don't know if the term beer geek is still relevant anymore because I don't know that there's any out there. There were three oh, or four years there, ago. Oh, they're there, dude. <laughs> but they're not buying beer anymore. Is, uh, is, uh, I think is, uh, is something that Gary and I deal with on a daily basis. Um, just like the Imperial Stout, we actually order considerably less than we would have years prior 
because it just doesn't move off the shelf well, as quickly. The geeks have moved on to like they do uh, trading like for specific. I, I think the the purest beer nerd is like waiting right next to side project or some shit like that for their shit to come in so that they could trade for some shit that's uh, at toppling. That's what the beer nerds are doing. So it's the constant pursuit of something that is incredibly hard, if not impossible, to get. Yeah, and then that's what the nerds are on. They're the 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 hardcore beer nerds are like local brewer drops his shit. I get ten of them, and I trade five of them. But for that other guy who's guarding his shit, and they're not even they're not even looking on the shelf. But shit. and that's to Jordan's point, everything just as awesome goes by the wayside that's just sitting there on the shelf waiting for you oh absolutely hey you're preaching to the choir in that in that regard yeah because i'll put up a lot of solid ass shit that the big guys are putting out or the bigger guys are putting out on the shelf it's just as high quality it's just a matter of perspective from like that scarcity thing you know like i well if everyone is a quote-unquote beer nerd then what makes me special, right? Because for a long time, the beer nerd was like, he could go to Boulevard, he could go to a Schlafly, and he could introduce people to shit, right? Now everybody knows about craft beer. So now how do I differentiate myself? Well, I get the shit that nobody's heard of, you know? The fucking uh, Octopus Inc. shit that, you know, Side Project has in a cellar for that 10 years. so gross. Yeah, well, you know, I, I have heard that. But if Side know. Project did it, I would definitely drink it. Yeah, no, and, <laughs> I, and I, I, I really feel like that's that. Like, you know, it's almost like an they, the identity is so wrapped up in, and I'm this, and you're constantly moving the goalposts to keep up with that. You know, like, oh, I'm doing this higher beers. Like, you guys are still doing that shit. I really think a lot of it is that shit, man. Because I've been to shares where they had, like, these quote-unquote amazing... Uh, beers that they've had cellared and a lot of them are just you know it's like yeah it's good but did you really have to climb mount everest and wait in line for whatever and pay that much money for this shit because we could go pull some shit off the shelf right now that goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with whatever's right here i mean that's my opinion but i really feel that way and i think slowly that dial's been turning I, I, we there's this graphic that they have up the like the evolution of the craft beer drinker and you've seen that and it's like returns to the lager like he starts off i i really think you know a lot of guys that i've seen that have been in the game for a long time are returning like to just you know quote unquote loggers well, uh, you see that in the trends nice too yeah what people are coming out with yeah i mean and that's all just my opinion on it when i see it you know as far as like that that beer nerd thing and that's such a moving target i wouldn't even be trying to fucking market to beer nerds that's just such a moving target you know what i mean it it just really is i think when i go and i go to like a royals game and i look out upon it uh half if not the majority of them are still drinking miller light you know what i mean and they might tear off into like a weird wheat beer that's still the vast majority of beer drinkers right focus on those people and don't even try to appeal to these nerds, man. I really feel that's my opinion. That's what I think. I think that that crazy shit is just, you know, but, you know, that's just, I think, uh, you know, there's those transition beers that are, are, you know, focus on the newer craft beer people versus the ones that are, like, just trying to do wild shit. 
Any thoughts on that? Nobody. <laughs> well, I had a th well. I saw. I, I was thinking about. I kind of think of the IPA drinker in, in the same way. I feel like IPA drinkers have ADD, and so the one thing that we've done is start rotating our IPAs a lot, our high-end IPAs, because they'll buy the Tasmanian IPA for a week or two, and then they've moved on because they want to see what else is coming. And there's always something coming, especially with as many breweries as there is out there now. So um, it's kind of the same thing that you're saying with, with just big beers in general. People are just always have ADD. Yeah, one of the toughest uh, things I noticed is that the, in regards to the IPA trend, uh, these hazy IPAs, right? Uh, those have to be uh, almost instantaneously like drank, right? Like within that that like the, some people think if it's a month old, it's within like dog shit. Is the benchmark. What's that now? Within ninety days is okay. Typically, the best. and uh, so you know it it, it poses a you know, uh, a difficult challenge for, for bigger distributors that are pushing out past uh, versus the local brewer that you get. So, yeah, that particular, and I always thought that was such a strange trend as well because uh, for a long time it was like the bitterness was like a huge part of the IPA experience, right? And then now we're seeing people wanting that softer mouthfeel, lower bitterness, almost uh, juice-like quality to it. Yeah, I think the IPA uh, I like thing is... It Sure. There's there's been a, a roller coaster of IPAs coming out over the last few years. First, it was the fruity, you know, uh, IPAs just a couple of years ago, um, and that and then it was uh, and the hazy was. I, honestly, I mean, hazy's probably still got a little bit of thing right now as far as popularity, but but then brute was supposed to be the new um, IPA style this year. But what's really great about IPAs is people are trying those other you know, um, off styles, I guess. Um, but they're still coming back to the traditional IPA because that style is solid. Whether it's fruity, uh, hazy, or brute, IPA is solid. And like... Uh, uh, and another thing, right now, CBC, Craft Brewers Conference, is going on in Denver right now. There's a lot of brewers and people in the industry out there talking, and they're having conferences, and they're learning from each other it's always really cool to see what kind of things and and topics come out of cbc over the next couple of weeks so i think i think it'll be interesting to to see what the experts not that gary's not an expert but um what the gary's experts, an expert man. what the experts have to say as as we come out of uh craft brewers conference this week nice man uh, Gary, gary's forgotten more than i know which might be <laughs> which might be too much yeah. <laughs> Well, any any final thoughts, man? We're right at about an hour, man. So just any, man. I really first of all, man. I really appreciate you guys coming out and talking with me, man. I I think it's great. I love Schlafly, man. Love a lot of the products that you guys got going on, man. I'm always uh, supporting it, and you know, all this shit is my opinion. You know, as far as that go, as that goes, is with the um, beer festivals and and beers and whatnot. I mean, everybody's got an opinion, right? You could take it with a grain of salt as far as that shit goes, but uh, any final thoughts? I have a, one thought in regards to a logistic uh, thing in, in terms of organizing a beer festival. There's times when I go to a beer festival and they're like three bags of ice per. Oh, yeah. And, and I want to say, <laughs> so do you want hot beer like halfway through the festival? <laughs> like that's not something that we should have to provide. I mean, we're bringing everything else. I can't expect it to be having have a freezer there full of ice. 
So I think uh, most of these festivals need to plan around that because you will have foam. You will see it at every event. Um, you know, not to pat myself on the back, I'm a little better at not having foam because I have the proper equipment. But <laughs> at the end of the day, having I have to have ice. You know, yeah, and, for sure, and to pour correctly. So have some fucking ice available, man. So I think I think the reason we were talking about beer festivals, we all you know, that's a, a good example of uh, people coming together that love beer. Um, I think everybody here we love beer. We wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be working for the company that I work for if I didn't love beer. Um, it's kind of weird to say that you love beer, but I mean, it really is. Are a you part trying of, to get on the Supreme Court? It, what are no, you? No, it, it really I love is beer. like it really is like a, a part of our lives. Right? Oh yeah, and it's it's important. Um, and I think the, the exploration of it is important, too. Um, and I think beer fests are, are a great example of, of the exploration of beer for, for individuals. And so I think the, the talk tonight was great. Um, it's a pretty interesting topic. I have personal opinions about beer fest, but, I mean, for the most part, this is... You know, and, and I just... We're saving that for Casey Social After Hours, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's coming up. <laughs> I definitely wanted to mention, uh, and I, I forgot to, is like, and I've slowly seen the demographics change at beer festivals, but really glad to see more women <laughs> at the beer festivals, you know, for a long time, bro. It was just like, uh, you know, a specific demographic of people. I think that's another marketing opportunity, perhaps, is that more women and uh, more uh, minorities at that sort of kind of stuff, but or, or just different kinds of, of people. And I have been seeing it change. And that's not nothing that any one of us could change overnight. But I have noticed, like my my first few beer festivals, I was like, you know, for a festival that has music, food, and beer, it's kind of weird that I mean, this is basically a party. A beer festival is a huge party. Why isn't there more women, for instance? You know what I mean? And it's just make it more fun, more festive be, uh, compared to a festival, say, for instance. You know, and that, that's why I think Boulevard nails it with their fucking uh, Boulevardia because that's like a legit festival. And there is a whole host of different people at that shit because they're introducing a whole different uh, take on what the beer festival is, right? In the beer festival, sampling part's just a small part of this overall festive atmosphere that they're having. And maybe that's how you draw in, you know, more women and minorities to it. I don't know. You know, And I think in a lot of ways that would kind of lead into my final thought on this. As far as beer festivals go, if you get the opportunity, travel and go to beer festivals around the country. One of the coolest experiences I ever had after working every beer fest under the sun in Kansas City at one point or another, Schlafly's Hop in the City is just a really unique, interesting time. It's it's it, it's straight up Schlafly. Like it's Stout not Stout Oyster Fest is pretty and amazing. Yeah, too. they put they put I on a party, man. They awesome. put on a party, but yeah, that's what a beer festival is like a badass just, party. If you get the chance, go, go to something unique, give it a shot, and see how it compares to you know not just your favorite breweries, but your your favorite city. Right on, man. Great stuff, guys. Man, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It. Uh, did you want to go a little bit over time? Or you, you Why? Why? What? Well, I could stop you, it and then restart a different feed for like 10 minutes. Did, did, we, did we not cover something? No, I just thought because you said you mentioned. Oh, no. I was just going to get Jordan to divulge all of his secrets. Oh, okay. But that can wait. <laughs> right on, That man. can wait. Well, then we just turned into a pumpkin or pumpkin ale, whatever you want to say, man. But uh, I usually say that we turned into a pumpkin, but I'm going to say pumpkin ale because I love that shit. And uh, we're out. Catch you on the flip side. Yeah.